Christian, I hear you have a paranormal experience. I do. Would you like to share it? To start off, it may or may not be a paranormal experience. That is exactly what your daughter said. But it was at a a very old, old hotel in San Antonio, Texas, called the Manger. And that is right across the road or the street from the Alamo. Seems fitting, yeah. I believe this hotel was built either in the late 1800s, early early 1900s. And it was a, a famous hotel back in the day, like a lot of famous people like Babe Ruth and Joe DiMaggio. Yeah, yeah. Lyndon Johnson, some other presidents. But I think Teddy Roosevelt stayed there. So it has quite the history. Yeah. But it's also been documented by those that do this um, as a haunted hotel. So I went down there for a conference probably about eight years ago. And I got lucky and got into the, to the old part of the hotel that was supposedly nice. hot. And I had a suite, so I had a, like a living room and the bedroom. And after one of the days of the conference, I came in. And I'd gone down to the bar, which is a whole nother story um, for another time. But when I came back, you know, I don't like to sleep in a strange place with the door open. So I went to shut the, I I came out of the bathroom, went to shut the door in the the living area and came back and the bathroom door was shut. So, and I was a hundred percent sure that I left it open because that's something else I would do at a hotel. Yeah is leave the bathroom door open just so when you wake up in the middle of the night, you're not lost. And True, yeah. So I moved the door around a little bit, tried to see if it would shut on its own. It didn't move at all. Um, so then I had a dilemma because I had to be up in a few hours for more of the conference. And I was trying to figure out how I would sleep in this situation. So I just decided, in the end, if I turned my back to the bathroom door, and went, I could go to sleep and... If anything was there, it would just leave me alone. Yeah, that is a uh, a tactic that worked wonders for me as a kid, <laughs> oftentimes. Uh, so were you actually scared? Were you like worried or were you just kind of like, what is this? <laughs> for a split know? second, I was worried. Yeah. And then... Worried like you thought someone else was in the room with you or worried that maybe your entire belief of the known universe would come crashing down? No, I just heard the stories before I even got there. So um Nice. Maybe that had something to do with it. I didn't worry about it too long. Too long. I went right to sleep. Yeah, that's uh, that's freaky deaky, man. Freaky deaky. Um, today we are talking about shadow people. And not only is this awesome because it's something that has fascinated me for, I don't know, easily the last couple of decades. Uh, I also, at the end of this rant, I have about three or four experiences of my own with the exact 
topic, okay. which is rare because I don't usually like the, the stuff I usually see is just weird. Like it doesn't make sense to me. But so I'm finally in with the little the, the in crowd and I have some shadow people experiences that uh, could possibly be even darker than what I had originally thought they were. But um, to kick this off right out of the gate, we're going to America's most trusted source, Wikipedia, because nothing is more honest than anyone having the ability to edit and say whatever they want. So um, just from Wikipedia, uh, if you pull up Shadow People, there is a quick little brief rundown. Uh, you are familiar with the... I, have, I am familiar, but you might want to throw it out what a shadow person is just in case. Just in case. All right. Uh, well, a number of religions... Uh, legends and belief systems describe shadowy spiritual beings or supernatural entities such as shades of the underworld. And uh, various shadowy creatures have long been a staple of folk- folklore and ghost stories. Uh, the Coast to Coast AM late night radio talk show helped popularize modern beliefs in shadow people. The first time the topic of shadow people was discussed at length on the show was April 12, 2001. When host Art Bell interviewed Native American elder Thunderstrikes, super cool name, uh, <laughs> who was also known as Harley Swift Deer Reagan. See, the dude's got two nicknames. My entire life, I've just been called Scott, and it's bummed me out. Um, during the show, listeners were encouraged to submit drawings of shadow people that they had seen, and a large number of these drawings were immediately shared publicly on the website. Uh, that strikes me as a little strange because I don't know how different the drawings could possibly be. They'd all just be black, I imagine. Um, shadowy. Yeah, a little shadowy. <laughs> I don't think there's too many. There's like two main ones that I've heard of. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that's the the normal, you know, run-of-the-mill shadow person. And then there's something called the hat man, which is, uh, as you guessed it, a shadow man wearing a hat. Uh, and sometimes often seen with like red eyes or yellow eyes or something of that sort that makes it a little extra creepy. Once the uh, images were made publicly on the website for Coast to Coast, uh, Heidi Hollis published her first book on the topic of shadow people and later became a regular guest on Coast to Coast. Hollis describes shadow people as dark silhouettes with human shapes and profiles that flicker in and out of peripheral vision and claims that people have reported the figures attempting to jump on their chest and choke them. I have one of those experiences, Uh, but that will come back around. She believes the figures to be negative alien beings that can be repelled by various means, including invoking the name of Jesus. Although participants in online discussion forums devoted to paranormal and supernatural topics describe them as menacing, other believers and paranormal authors do not agree whether shadow people are, are either evil, helpful, or neutral, and some even speculate that shadow people may be the extra-dimensional inhabitants of another universe, which I could buy into a little bit, like on a certain certain level. I could buy into that more than some of the sinister, yeah, scary stuff. Yeah, because you don't want to think about the scary stuff, right? Or does it just seem more plausible that maybe... It seems more plausible. I see. In a matrix sort of way. True, yeah. Uh, because I know that this is your bread and butter, I'm going to give a science explanation as to what could possibly cause these things, and then I'm going to wipe that off the earth, which is straight logic. 
well, maybe not logic, fact. Let's call it fact. Uh, <clears throat> Who's fact? My own. Okay. <laughs> Which, trust <laughs> me, it's great. Okay, the scientific explanation. Uh, several physiological and psychological conditions can account for reported experiences of shadowy shapes seeming alive. Uh, sleep paralysis sufferer may perceive a shadowy or indistinct shape approaching them when they lie awake paralyzed and become increasingly alarmed. A person experiencing heightened emotions such as while walking alone on a dark night may incorrectly perceive a patch of shadows as an attacker. I know that happens to me a lot when I'm walking in the park. I'll often look at a bush and I'll be like, oh God, an attacker, you know? Uh, so that seems definitely plausible. The animal instinct. Absolutely. Yes. We've talked about that before and that, you know, that, that could be a thing. I'll give you that. Um, Many methamphetamine addicts report the appearance of shadow people after prolonged periods of sleep deprivation. Uh, psychiatrist Jack Potts suggests that methamphetamine usage adds a conspiratorial component to the sleep deprivation hallucinations. One interviewed subject said that you don't see shadow dogs or shadow birds or shadow cars, you see shadow people. Standing in doorways, walking behind you, coming at you on the sidewalk, these hallucinations have been directly compared to the parallel or paranormal entities described in folklore. And I was reading, I was actually reading something today that said, uh, I think they were in, in like uh, Celtic mythology and stuff like that. There's something called like red hats, which is pretty much, uh, I guess they have the same tendencies as shadow people and stuff. I haven't, that's actually the first I've ever heard of that. So I kind of want to go and, you know, look into that. So maybe there'll be a part two at some point of this there's a whole new new set of lore if you go to that area of the world yeah and it, it's fascinating like i i mean i don't want to be one of those people that is instantly like someone's like yeah fairies are real I'm like wait what you know like i'd like <laughs> to you know have some kind of uh evidence to back that up but the idea that there's people out there that think they are and like people have stories of these things and and you know the red hats or even like what I think trolls and goblins and stuff like, like all stuff that our entire childhood was make believe people are coming out and saying, I've seen this. I've actually seen this. I've seen a gnome. Yeah. I'm like, you've seen a gnome. Yeah. Did they see it before they knew what a gnome was or after? Probably after. Yeah. That could make a difference. True. Yeah. And th I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some accounts that happen at a, uh, at night where you're like, okay, it could have been anything. But some of this stuff I've read just over the past few years has been broad daylight, like, you know, a mother and her kids or whatever out playing in the yard and they all see this thing. And I mean, I'm sure there are people that will make that up and be like, oh, I just want to get popular or Reddit famous or whatever. But one or two, I can see that. Well, I know they did years ago, probably in the 50s, maybe 60s, they did, the Russians or the Soviets at the time did a sleep deprivation experiment. And there were a lot of horrific things that came out of, you know, what they did to their people to test this out. And, and is, is that the real one? Or is that, because there was one that was a creepy pasta. No, there was an actual experiment hmm. that went on. And I'm sure the United States did it in China. Most, yeah. most of the developed countries have probably done something similar. Yeah. But people do see hallucinations yeah. when, that, when they do that. I, for the longest time, I think I was still living with my parents when I first read the, the Russian sleep experiment, which 
the one that I saw was a creepypasta that I had no idea that was a creepypasta. I didn't know what creepypasta was. I just read a story and I was like, that's terrifying. You know, but there is actually like a real like. Yeah, there's. And I think my first experience with that was probably the creepypasta. But yeah, there were definite experiments throughout the world during that time period. Yeah. When there were a lot of experiments being done on humans. When? I'm pretty sure there still are. We just don't know about them. I don't think they're at that level anymore. There's not as many Nazi Nazi scientists to convince us. They're all working in NASA, right? Well, they used to be. They're old now. Yeah. Dead, most of them. Most of them, sure. I'll give you that. Um, But also don't forget that the Nazi scientists were also working in Russia. Yeah. So they were in both places, and it was the Cold War. So they did all kinds of bad things. Yeah, that is uh, scary. But they were geniuses, too. Like, a lot of them, like, super smart. Some of them were. Some of them were just so-so. But But you still wanted them on your team? Some of them were on the team for a while, and then when they realized that they weren't as smart as they claimed to be, they were quietly let go of them. That's a bummer. And sent back to Germany or... Some were allowed to move to Argentina, things like that. Nice. All right. So I am going to, uh, I will read you a couple of these stories. And then afterwards, I just want to get your opinion on whether you think it's, it's just completely made up or if not what you think it could be outside of, you know, demons from the underworld. I got gotcha. you. Because that, that's my go-to is I'm like, that must be demons from the underworld. I will probably not talk about demons from the underworld. All right. But you might. You might. There's, what if there's a, like, okay, what if I read you one of these stories and you know what? You're like, this is, you know what? My mind, <laughs> it's blown. It's been changed. I'm on your side now. Paranormal is freaky. It's all, it's all around us. Everything is weird. Nothing makes sense. I don't, I don't think I'm going to go down that path. I not have a feeling. Not on episode two. No. <laughs> You're not ready to. Okay. Yeah. All right. This is uh, taken off a website that has a ton of encounters just like this. And, you know, forgive me in advance. I didn't have a chance to go through and correct some of the grammatical errors. So if something sounds really strange, uh, it probably is. Okay, this was uh, January 14th, 2015. When I was young, let's say seven, I suddenly developed an intolerance for the wrinkles in my bedsheet. I would do everything I could to make it flat and stay that way, but never could. So I started sleeping in the living room instead. I would watch TV for a bit and go to sleep with a comforter on the couch. I'd hang the comforter over like a fort, or like I was in a fort, I spent the next week or so sleeping on the three-seater, the one-seater chair, dangling my legs over the armrest and my head over the other. Sometimes I even set up a tent in the backyard and camped out with my dog, who is twice my size, a big German shepherd named Otis. Good name. Great name, yeah. And you just need a little, is it a pug named Milo? Oh, yeah. Milo. Otis wasn't a German shepherd in that, though, yeah? I don't think so. Maybe Otis was the pug. I don't know. Okay, one night when resting on the couch watching TV, I had to get up to use the restroom. All the lights were off in the house except the television. I started walking towards the hallway. The blue glow and small flashes of changing light from the TV were shining from behind me. When I got to the hallway, there were two doors on each side of this half of the hallway. My brother's on the left and the restroom on the right. 
But when I got to the hallway, I was stopped in my tracks, petrified from what I saw. The bathroom door was open and sticking halfway out from waist to head was the silhouette of a man or boy, perfectly shaped, no distortion, no ridges, no movement. It was as if someone was standing in the bathroom and leaning forward, hunched over. It didn't move, it stayed there, staring blankly across at my brother's door for several seconds, perfectly colored in black. There was no change in form from the changing light of the TV around the corner, just a figure staring across at my brother's door or the wall. That would be a weird choice. Um, okay. Petrified, I didn't know what to do. I clenched my fist and thought about punching it, but instead I backed away, turned off the TV, and hid under my covers. The next morning I asked my brother if he had done this, but he said no. I don't care how memory might distort things, since that day I never forgot what I saw and don't care what anyone says. The end. That's a light one. That's a light one, just getting things going, you know? The first thing I would point to is the issues with the creases in the bed. Yeah. And maybe some form of sleep deprivation. Did they say how old they were? Seven. Seven. Yeah. I don't, well, first of all, I don't know who has, because it's impossible to get creases out of a bed. The second you get into it, you're creating them. It it happens. Like, there's no way around that. At least not to my knowledge. Technology and, and, you know, it's advanced so far. I don't know what the bedsheet technology has, but I'm pretty sure it's impossible. Yeah, it's it's an interesting little tidbit of the story. Um, Children imagine things. I mean, I did as a child, too. (laughs) You know, things that were real. Yeah. You know, and I don't know if I was half asleep or. So you, but you're saying you saw things as a kid that you weren't sure if they were. Yeah, I did as a kid. Do you remember any of them? There was one where the floor of my bedroom opened up and there were flames and what I took is a devil, Hmm. but it was probably a bad dream. Probably a bad dream. Or, you know. I'm sure I'll come back to this in a minute, but a kid's brain is different. So that might explain, we we like to talk about how kids see things that adults don't. Yeah. That's true. Why is that? Is there some out of this world type of explanation? Probably not. It's probably completely rational and maybe a form of a child not being conscious yet. Which but, I will come back to, I bet, after yeah. another story or two. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna lean toward it was total imagination, and just happened to, to see a random half a body sticking out of a doorway. What kid hasn't seen something like that? Yeah, I mean, I have, I have tons of stories, but they changed all the time. It wasn't ever just one thing. Um, but so you don't, you don't lend any like uh, credibility to the fact that maybe, as we age we just get more jaded and like, because it's mainly just Western culture, you know, like everywhere else in the world believes all this stuff pretty heavily, you know, where if you go to, you go to Mexico and you start like talking some of this stuff, they're like, no, you can't talk about that here. And same with like native American legends and stuff like that. You even mention a skinwalker and they're like, don't ever say that word around me. You know, I will still say, and I'll probably go further into it after another story or two, but I think it's, even the old stories are a trick in a, from our brain. Yeah, that would be one hell of a of a long play, <laughs> I think, if it, you know. 
when I go into it, it might make more sense. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. This one is a little longer and it's uh, pretty dark. Okay. So prepare Those are the yourself. best. But it, I'm, I'm sure this story in particular will give you several things that you can latch on to and be like, this is why he saw what he saw. But I read this one, uh, I think a few years ago now, probably like five or six. And it's just, for whatever reason, it just hit me. I'm like, wow, that is dark. Ten years ago, I was going through some hard times in my life. I had become a full-fledged alcoholic and my marriage was falling or failing due to it. My wife seemed to be pulling away and the only thing that comforted me was drinking alone as I worked late into the night on my computer for my job. I was a system analysis or analyst who uh, was constantly on call. At one point, I began to feel as if my wife was cheating on me, so before I left on a business trip out west, I decided to bug the phones to see if I could catch her in the act. Sure enough, when I got home, a day earlier than expected, and on July 4th, she wasn't home. I went to retrieve the tapes I had on phone calls, or I had of phone calls, and the very first message confirmed my suspicion. She was indeed having an affair and with her boss. When she got home that night, fireworks were in the air all around the neighborhood. I confronted her and she broke in or broke down and told me the truth and that she was pregnant with his child. I, I yeah, that's uh, pretty dark. And it's not even to the dark part yet. That's just the, the unfortunate, you know, lead up. Um, yeah, pregnant with his child. I pretty much lost it right then. We didn't fight or argue. It was so surreal. I ran to the basement where my office was and began drinking heavily to try to dull the pain. I returned a bit later to see her packing. I told her I would leave for now and she could stay. I asked for a hug and she said she didn't love me enough to give me one. This broke my spirit. Yeah, that's pretty messed up. Like, you caught someone, you're like, oh, this person caught me cheating. Uh, and then asked for a hug. And the least, the very least you could do is be like, all right, I guess I'll, <laughs> I guess I'll give you a hug. You know? Maybe this guy was a jerk. Maybe, but I don't think that justifies it. Um, I made my way slowly to the garage and was looking at the 69 Cougar I had been restoring. I had enough. I decided to hang myself at that point and on the spur of the moment. Not thinking too much about the act itself or the best way, I just grabbed a tall stool and placed it under a garage beam and climbed up with a roll of duct tape. I started frantically wrapping the roll of tape around my neck, then the bean, and then more around my neck, making several passes each time. The tape was tight, and I ripped, or I ripped end off roll. And I ripped, is that how you say that? I, I've never heard that, but it kind of makes sense. Yeah. And I ripped end off roll and let it drop and leaned forward to kick out the stool. As soon as the stool fell, I felt the weight of my body and realized that this was going to go quick. Then suddenly, as I swirled a bit in the air, I saw them. And I mean a lot of them. They were coming out of all corners of the poorly lit garage. Looking back, I can only describe them as the shadow people, just like from the movie Ghost. It wasn't their presence that scared me the most. It was the their or yeah, it was their hideous laughter that spread fear up and down my body. I'd never been so afraid in all my life. Some came out and circled me. They were not tall like a man, more like three to four feet tall and deformed shapes hunched over. One reminded me of the Cocopelli, which, uh, after looking into, was a, is apparently like some kind of fertility deity or uh, agriculture deity um, in like Native American myth lore, or folklore and stuff like that. And I looked at a silhouette of the guy and I was like, that's weird. Um, but they were everywhere. 
I'd guess up to 15 or more. Some were actually peeking through side windows outside and laughing as well. They never touched me, but seemed to circle me as I, I swayed and hung there. The audible noise was so or so unreal and horrifying. They were groaning and laughing and snorting. In fear of it all, I slowly began fading out of consciousness. Next thing I know, I was feeling the impact of the cold hard cement floor in my garage. My wife, who was inside, came out and had seen what I was doing and tackled me with enough force it actually broke the beam and a lot of the tape away. She was crying and slapping my face. She then hugged me. Finally, yeah, got it. Some extreme measures. This guy's definitely a jerk because he, he went to the point to get a hug that he hung himself. That's yeah, might explain that, that why is, that's a long, yeah. Maybe that might a, explain why she doesn't love him anymore. Yeah. Okay. Uh, ambulance came and got me later, and I went through intensive outpatient treatment over my mental state. I don't drink anymore. I also have a profound faith in God, but those shadow people or demons still spook me to this day. This is a story I don't tell too many people. I remember telling a doctor this story, and he chalked it up to a lack of oxygen going to my brain and causing me to hallucinate. I don't buy that though. I mean, I took a deep breath before jumping and they came out immediately. So yeah, I do believe in them. What are they? I don't know, but to me, uh, it was to take me to a place I didn't want to go. I'm happy I had another chance. Okay, this one is pretty easy. And and I think the doctor nailed it. Is it, it the oxygen? Well, it, and he says he took a deep breath, yeah. but it's... When you hang yourself, it's not just the oxygen. It's the blood's being cut off from your brain. Yeah. Which is going to instantaneously make you start to see things pretty much as you're passing out. It's going to make you hear these noises. But, but I mean, okay, are you saying that it's different from person to person then? Like what you actually see or what? But it's all tied up inside your own... Well, the one thing he said was... It was like... He saw people like he did in Ghost. Mm -hmm. So he already has something in his mind. Yeah. He, he said uh, some kind of Native American spirit that none of us had heard of. Yeah. But he knew right off what it was. So maybe he already knew about that. So as your oxygen and your, your blood, because it, it's really the blood, oxygen in the blood that's cut off from the brain. Yeah. That makes that type of stuff happen. And you so, know, plus stress. That yeah, that is a kicker. Like I, and that's something that uh, often is referred to as well. People who are under a lot of stress hallucinate. I've been under so much stress for a very long time, never hallucinated. I, everything I've ever seen was when I was either, you know, young adulthood or as a child, where it was. Eh, you know. Well, on, in this case, that's some intense stress all at once, not just the. The lingering stress that we deal with a lot that yeah, can be so yeah. harsh in some ways, but it we're it's like hanging out with us all the time, so we're used to it. But in this case, I think he just had so much going on right then, and he was drinking heavily. Um, yeah, yeah. See, that's the one thing that gets me. I'm like, okay, if you're drinking, the the credibility of the story is kind of taken away a little. I mean, look, I can remember when I'm drinking. I, I may be a little tipsy, but I remember details and stuff. So it's not like 100% out the window, but it definitely makes it a little more suspicious. Well, with all the combination of things, yeah. makes it a little more understandable. And then it'd be interesting to see what his religious up, upbringing was. Yeah. Because 
you know, in a lot of religion, or a lot of the Christianity, it's you cannot commit suicide. Yeah. Or you're going to a dark place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that sounds like what he saw. Yeah. You know, it's, it'd be easy for somebody to say that that is real, but with him, there's a lot of, a lot of different scenarios or different things that happen really quickly together. Yeah. But you, you, okay, so you don't think that the, the descriptors that he used, like from the movie Ghost or from like the Coco Pelli or something like that, like, you don't think that's stuff that maybe he looked at afterwards and like tried to figure out? It would be interesting to see. Yeah. If if he I mean there's no there's no mention of it, but like I just can't imagine, you know, someone hanging by the neck and being like, Oh, it's like the movie Ghost. <laughs> you know? Well like, and and um afterwards he might have as you try to rationalize what you yeah. saw, as you try to deal with the fact, you know, you have to I mean basically everything about us is a story we tell ourselves. Yeah. And so to in order to continue telling that story you pretty much have to, you know, write it yourself at some point. And you have to constantly be making up new stories. Um, and that's maybe just how he rationalized it or as he looked back, how he remembered it. Yeah. That's a tough one. But I'm not somebody that believes that at the moment of death, the demons from hell are going to be hanging out waiting for you. Yeah. Well, um, let's, let's hope not because that would be terrifying. Um, I'm going to stay with the oxygen deprivation yeah. on that one. Oxygen mixed with uh, the alcohol consumption. I think the, just the, the oxygen de- deprivation would do it. Yeah. But I also want to stick with this guy's a douchebag <laughs> because of all the stuff he did. I mean, yeah, it's sad that his we, wife we was cheating we on We don't him. know his story. We, we know a, a small fraction of his story. And yeah, he could have been a, a complete douche, but. I don't know. Uh, he said everybody in the neighborhood heard him, and then he wanted a hug. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, in all fairness, I would probably want a hug after something like that. I think that we well. would all want a hug <laughs> after going through something like that. But knowing how guys can be around women, he's um, not, yeah. like not a nice guy. Hmm. But that's just me looking at a story and judging somebody classic (laughs) based on the knowledge of how us men can be at times true true okay uh i'm i'm gonna tell you a couple of mine okay that have happened and these span from when i was living with my parents uh to i think the last one was in vegas okay are you gonna be offended if i no you can you can on like look I have told, like, I'm not very shy with any of this stuff. I've told everyone I've met, been like, oh, yeah, I've seen this thing. It's crazy, you know? And my own best friend uh, back home, every, every time I'd see something, we'd be hanging out. And I'd be like, be like, yeah, dude, yesterday I was doing this, and I saw this one thing. He was like, that's a crazy dream, man. I'm like, I was wide awake. <laughs> so not so much a dream, but appreciate that so like no nobody nobody believes the things that i that i talk about but so none of these are when you're asleep no inebriated nope not not a single one one is when one is right before i was about to go to sleep like i was turning over to to close my laptop because it was time for bed but um no and and yeah i've never seen anything when i'm when i've been drunk on good times or, or high on life or anything like that like you know it's not 
I I get lazy when I smoke salmon for the barbecue. It's not okay. We just had to clear that up. Yes, yeah. uh, to take away my first argument. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. Um, all right, this one was probably the the first major one I remember when I was living with my parents. Um, I would usually stay up to. Like once everyone went to bed, it was just kind of like, ah, oh, this is my house now, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I must have been I've like, been uh, yeah. not at your house, but <laughs> that's how I first started toying with being the king of the castle. Yeah. Yeah. My, it's a my, great feeling. My little Simba moments where I thought I was a badass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But unfortunately for me, I was also terrified because of all the things I've, I've seen that I was always paranoid. Like, is something going to pop out and get me? Is, you know, am I going to see some weird shit? And occasionally I did. Um, let's see. Okay. Yeah. In the kitchen, I must've been 19, 18 or 19. It was before I moved out. So probably like 18. Um, and to preface this story, I will say that 20 minutes before this happened, I was doing some, some songwriting in the living room and, uh, I had to go to the bathroom. So I set my pen down on my notepad, went to the bathroom and I came back and underneath my pen was a black feather. Like not a not a huge you know like crazy big it was it was maybe you know two inches or so and kind of thin but it was there. Wait, so were you? Uh, you were were not by yourself. My my but everybody parents, was asleep. Yeah. My my parents were asleep. I was the only one awake. And nobody was gonna play any jokes on you. Uh, my mom probably would not. <laughs> and my dad, I'm pretty sure I had to work in the morning. So, and he got up like three 30 in the morning. So definitely not on his to-do list. And even more so they are not practical jokey parents <laughs> by any stretch of the definite or word. You know, it's kind of a, they were, they were uh pretty straightforward. You know, um, I can't think of any jokes that they have ever played on me. I'm sure if my mom is listening, she will remind me. Um, Okay, yeah, so I had just seen this black feather. I get freaked out, but I'm also hungry. And so I go into the kitchen, and um, and I start microwaving some leftovers, right? And I remember standing there at the microwave, like, looking around, and I remember thinking, just the thought popped in my head, don't look at the entryway for the kitchen. And so the first thing I did was look at the entryway for the kitchen in the reflection of the microwave. And in the entryway... Uh, which is probably like, I don't know, like the size of this little wall, maybe three feet wide, you know, eight, eight to nine feet tall. The entire entry was taken up by a humanoid shadow. And I remember seeing that and thinking, oh shit. And then immediately looking away and pretending that I didn't see it because my food wasn't done cooking. And so I, you know, grabbed my food when it was finished. Is that why you really pretended like you didn't see it? Or were you trying to explain it away just by ignoring it? Uh, no, that was my go-to was pretending I didn't see it. Be like, nope, that's not a thing. <laughs> but uh, when it finally finished, I remember grabbing my food and standing there staring at the entryway. There was nothing in the entryway, only in the reflection. Um, I was standing there and I was like, I'm just hungry. I'm going to bed. Please don't murder me. And as I walked through the entryway, it was thick. Like it, it was it was air. There was nothing. I could see nothing. But walking through it, it was almost like walking through like jello or something like that. Like it was just this thick wall of something and after that like uh and i'm not afraid to say this i ran back to my bedroom slammed the door ate my food went to bed that was that just one that was that's that's like the first one you know that one that one's interesting i would 
Did you ever try to look at the reflection again and see if the same thing happened? In the same... No. Because I looked long enough to... Because I remember looking, I was like, that doesn't look right. And I, so I stared for a couple seconds being like, that's definitely not right. And then I looked away. There's two things that are really interesting. And, and the first one is the feather. Yeah. So if you, have you looked up the meaning of the feather? Black feathers? Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's two that, that caught my eye. One is either a bad omen or one is like, a, a, like if you look at some of the like Christian meanings and symbolism behind it, it's like a guardian angel, like a, a warrior angel of sorts. I think that's funny you went right to like a bad omen. Yeah. That's why do you always go to the bad? Because places? it's a black feather. Like it's not like a little goose or something. You know, it's not a cute little white angel feather. But black feathers have a lot of meaning in mythology. Like what? Lore. Like good? Like good meaning? Well, I mean, hmm. let's take a raven. Yeah. In some Native American cultures, a nave, uh, raven is a trickster. Yeah. A joker. The raven was playing a joke on you. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, that's possible. That's yeah. not necessarily a, a dark thing. I mean, the trickster is supposed to be a part of our life. Yeah. And the raven has been given that name because of the way they act, the, how mischievous they are, um, how smart they are. So, I mean, there could have been a rational reason for the feather getting there. Yeah. But it's, it's a nice little tidbit that, you know, I haven't heard the dark part of a black feather, but because we're so tuned to black being a bad thing. Yeah, it just feels right off the bat. You're, and that's not the only time in my life I've, I've happened across a black feather in my house. I've, I've seen like three. One of them was like this big. Well, and you lived and grew up in the Antelope Valley, right? Yeah. There's a lot of... There's tons of ravens. Yeah. yeah. And I've seen a lot of them there too. But that's yeah. just an interesting, if you're going to write the story, you got to have the black feather in there yeah. and then have some meaning to it. Not the dark meaning though, because... Yeah. Well, that's what I... Okay. If it's nighttime and I'm like by myself and something weird happens, it's dark. <laughs> okay. I don't right. care. Like it could be a little leprechaun bouncing around. It's still super dark. Yeah. Well, and then when you go through the hallway and it's kind of thick. Yeah. You know, that could be all in your head because you're stressed. It could be, you know, how your body is reacting in a fight or flight mode as yeah. you're trying to stay calm. Who knows? But that's another, you know, inter interdimensional happening that you could add to that story. I won't I won't tear that one down too much. That one's an interesting story. Yeah. Well, they're all I, OK. I can't talk to your daughter about them because she gets freaked out. That yeah. would be that would be a scary story. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm not saying it wouldn't even scare me now. I mean, it, yeah. it's pretty scary sounding. All right. The uh, the last one, I'm going to do one more short one that is, you know, mildly interesting. But the last one, like, takes place over four days. Okay. So building up to that um, in Vegas, I had an apartment with my brother. And the layout of the apartment was strange because my room um, not only like, you know, the, how the doors here, you kind of like some of them, you can't even close, like it drags on the carpet yes. and it's like, okay, this takes five minutes to close. Let's just leave it open. Right. Um, that was my bedroom door. And when you enter my bedroom, there was like a small, like the width of the door sized hallway that was maybe, you know, 36 inches long before the room opened up. And so one night, uh, which I did this all the time because for most of my adulthood, I've been terrified of the dark. Like, uh, so I would sit there and I'd watch TV. And so one night I had my laptop open and I'm watching TV. Um, and I remember at some point I was facing away from the wall. And so I turn over to start 
like getting ready to fall asleep, I guess. And about uh, two or three minutes later, I, I hear how loud the uh, the sound is. And I'm like, I'm not going to be able to fall asleep if the TV is this loud. So I turn back around to close my laptop. And as I'm turning back around, peeking out from the um, that little hallway I described, that three-foot hallway, was just a pitch black silhouette of a man with bright ass white eyes like like human eyes like your eyes my eyes whatever like but they were so bright up against the pitch black uh just solid black silhouette of this dude that and for whatever reason it didn't freak me out it pissed me off like i because i literally as soon as i saw it i jumped up and i said oh hell no and i like turned over and as soon as i looked past like the door was closed and remember, the door takes forever to close. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the door was closed. No one was there. But when I was getting up off the bed, we locked eyes. And his eyes looked very shocked. Like he was like, oh, shit. Like, and then he hid back behind the, behind the wall. And so there's no possible way that anyone could have been in that room, opened that door, because you would hear it, first of all, and it would take forever, and close the door in the span of time it took me to jump off my bed, say hell no, and almost start swinging. Like, and like I said, I don't know why I reacted that way because every time I've ever seen anything, it's been terror. If you do see something, it's going to be terrifying. Yeah. Maybe uh, being in Vegas, maybe you had an amateur remote viewer that was practicing and all of a sudden realized you saw oh, him and he yeah. got just as freaked out as you did. Could be. Because that was the one thing, like all these shadow people stories that you hear, like it's either red eyes or it's pitch black. Now- is there a, could you have been somewhat asleep without realizing it? it? That is entirely possible. But I, from my own recollection, no, because I was wide awake. Like when it was happening, I was turning over to close my laptop to go to sleep. And so I might've been in like the early stages of like maybe the RE, like the REM or whatever. I don't know science terms, but whatever, uh, maybe I was on the verge of going to sleep, but I'm not the type of person that can just you know, close my eyes and be asleep. Like it, especially out there when it's hot as hell, it it takes me like an hour to fall asleep. You know, I have no rational way to explain away what you saw. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's weird that I can still vividly, like I can barely remember Jack shit from my childhood, but everything I've seen, it's stuck in my head. And I think that's part of how our brain is set up because that is what we needed to survive we needed to be afraid of snakes yeah large birds when we were climbing amongst the trees as monkeys Hmm. um and that that kind of thinking is still at the base of our brain and some things are just automatic but also the mind can make you see things um i would jump back to maybe some of the old stories um throughout the world and talk about something called bicameral mind, which mm. I've probably talked to you about before. But it's basically theory that uh, Julian James James came came up with years ago in the seventies, and he was, a, I believe, a psychologist. And he made some connections through reading, like the Iliad stuff, yeah. ancient writing, yeah, yeah, and then some other ancient writing that was done maybe a thousand years later. And within the descriptions, he started noticing how in the, these two different time periods, 
people talked about themselves differently. So the bicameral mind is where it's your mind used to your brain used to work basically two chambers is what bicameral means. Yeah. So you'd have the right side and the left side and they weren't very good at communicating back then. So some of these stories of gods talking to people of maybe shadow people, maybe mm. leprechauns or fairies yeah, yeah. could just be that our mind created auditory hallucinations, which is why you hear stories about, say, pharaohs or ancient kings still talking to their people because that person held such a position of power that after that king or leader had died, they would still hear that person speaking to them. Yeah. Or in this theory, people would hear the gods speaking to them. But what it really was is their own brain. They just didn't realize they were talking to themselves because according to this theory, they weren't conscious yet. Mm. So it was easier to have auditory yeah, hallucinations, yeah, yeah. which could lead to visual hallucination. Yeah. And it's just, according to the theory, a normal way our brain used to work up until we started using more words or writing and yeah. being able to identify ourselves. Well, now that, so yeah. to go further into it, it was popularized recently in the first season of Westworld. And it'll explain a little bit more throughout that. Nice. But, you know, it's just the only thing modernly you can compare to is, is maybe a schizophrenic that hears voices. And yeah. He yeah, sees yeah. things. And that's what they kind of say. Or, you know, then there's a whole other argument that could probably be a whole another episode of podcast about when or how we become conscious. Are we conscious? Yeah. Stuff like that. But you, you'll probably hear me use things like that as ways of explaining away things with science as much as somebody who's like me that's not a scientist can yeah. explain. But, you know, your stories are, are different because I know you and... I don't feel like you tell stories like that to yeah. fool people, but also they're pretty scary. I mean, look, I, I can't. Why would I make up stories that no one believes anyway? You right. know, like that. It just doesn't make sense. But if it's something you saw, whether it was there or not, or just in yeah. your mind, you saw it. Well, this this last one is the longest thing that's ever happened. Uh, and it to me, it's inexplainable or unexplainable just because of the timeline of the things that happened. Okay, so uh, this was in Vegas when I lived by myself. I had my own apartment, and um, I met this girl at a karaoke bar. Okay, and she seemed cool, and we got to know each other, and she came over for dinner one night. And so she's making dinner, blah, 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 we watch a movie, she goes home. And what happens between that night and the f the next time she comes over for like three days later three nights later uh every single night i saw something creepy uh the first night i woke up um and at the end of my i had my bed it was a single like one bedroom apartment so i had my bed pointed towards the hallway which was also the hallway to the bathroom and i woke up and there was a a small shadow person just standing at the end of the hallway just staring at me and I freaked out. I jumped up, turned on the lights. He was gone. I was like, okay, I guess that was a thing. Uh, short little experience. And then the next night, I woke up, and that same shadow person was in my doorway to the bedroom. And the second I noticed him, he dashes behind some photography lights that I had set up in the room. Okay, and then the third night, 
Like in all this, I, in every one of these stories, I jump up, turn on the light, nothing's there, I go back to bed. Okay, so in the third, uh, the third night, I woke up to the sound of one of my, you know those like tall lamps that have the, like the kind of square? Yes. Uh, yeah, so you, like little shelves or whatever. And one of those crashed to the ground, and that's how I woke up. And I woke up thinking it was my cat. And so I yell, damn it, JC, and I look over, and she's terrified, laying in bed next to me, staring at the lamp. And I'm like, oh, weird. And so I turn on the lights, look around, nothing's there. I go back to sleep. The following night, she comes over again. And while we're sitting there watching TV, I think she has like her head on my shoulder or something, and she nonchalantly says to me, oh, by the way, I get followed around by a six-year-old demon boy named Zach. <laughs> and she says, I've never seen him, but everyone I hang out with has. And I said, well, let me tell you a couple stories because the last few nights here have been terrifying. And so I kind of explained to her what, what I had seen over the last few days. And she actually gets jealous and like mad. And she's like, what the hell? Like, why does everyone else get to see it but me? I'm like, uh, I don't know, but you can take it the hell back and leave my apartment because this isn't happening again. You know, um, and what she says is the story behind that is that her and her friends were playing with a Ouija board and something latched on to her. Hmm. And so the name Zach, because I'm a curious bastard and I can't let anything go, uh, is very common in the Ouija board, like story, like all kinds of, I, I found probably at least a dozen people saying that they saw or that they heard um, Zach is also like affiliated with the same name like Zach, Zozo, Zaza, and I think Mama. And these are the, this, it's all supposed to be the exact same Ouija board demon that has, uh, I think the connection it goes to is like, um, I'm not sure if it's Christianity or one of these other, but Azazel, essentially. It's like the demon Azazel, which is, uh, as far as my religion is concerned, like takes you all the way back to the book of like Enoch and all these crazy things where Azazel was this, uh, sorry, if I don't respond, she'll just blow me up. Um, yeah. So Azazel was like one of these fallen angels from the book of Enoch. And so to, just to think that that is something that could have like survived through all this time and is now living out its days as like a Ouija board demon. It's kind of weird. If you're a demon though, why would you choose the Ouija board? Easy pickings. Are you kidding me? There's, you know, there's so many people that just know nothing's going to happen. I would say that the reason we think we're so afraid of the Ouija board is because churches yeah. labeled it as a yeah. demon thing. I don't. I, I would say those names, Zach, yeah. Zozo, Zozo, Mama, yeah. are easy to spell for kids playing around with the Ouija board. Yeah. Um, but how did I see it? Before I even knew that it was a thing. Like, that's what that's what freaks me, because I was and honestly, for like the month after that, I told her I couldn't see anymore. I'm like, look, I see shit and it's not fun <laughs> and I have a job and I don't like to be sleepy. I was like, so you got to go. And it took me like a month to feel comfortable in that in that apartment again. After that happened. That's. Uh, it's a thinker, man. Uh, trust me. I <laughs> can't you can't really explain that. At least the girl part away. Yeah. I could explain what you saw away. Yeah. But so. not the timing. Like, so either that's one hell of a coincidence. Three nights in a row after I meet someone who claims this. And I see it three consecutive nights before I even find out that this is something that happened in her life. Do you ever hear from her again? 
No. Be interesting to see years no. later <laughs> if this little yeah. demon child grew up and why yeah. he was following her. Yeah. Yeah, no, I never I never <laughs> I never spoke to her again. And you never kind of nonchalantly explained it to her? No, I tried. She I mean, like I said, she was fascinated with it. She loved the idea that, you know, like, oh, it's it's and because she said one of the stories was um she was hanging out with her friends and they saw it outside the window and they were on the second story. <laughs> And when I heard that, I'm like, I don't ever want to see some shit like that. You got to go. Like, I can't be having this in my house. Maybe that was not a demon person. Maybe it was a good little guardian angel. I don't know. It, it definitely did not feel good and, you know, sweet when, when I saw it. Well, nothing's going to feel that way if it's staring at you when you're sleeping. Yeah. And it's pitch black. And, you know, but that's the, the scary thing. And a lot of these stories always say that uh, it's blacker than the darkness around it, which is terrifying because it's already pitch black. So what's blacker than black? You know, it's like, what's cooler than being cool? I just think it's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, definitely not cooler than being cool. Yeah. Um, could just be the way your eyes are working at those times. <laughs> so, I mean, and then whatever beliefs you have coming into it, you're going to form again, yeah. a story behind it. Your coincidence with that girl is, is interesting and, you know, Maybe it's her twin yeah. hanging out with her forever, and she just doesn't know it and see it. I, I, I couldn't say, but, but either way, it would point to some kind of weird spiritual thing, right? Unless it's like some shared cognitive, like, we, we're both on the same wavelength, so you get to see my demon boy. Like, I don't, <laughs> you know, it, it just, it does, it, like, that, that part's never made sense to me. Maybe it's just some kind of energy, and we just don't understand. We, we put a face on it, because we like to... We like to put faces on our animals like they're, we do, you know, make them somewhat human with their expressions, no matter what kind of animal it is. Yeah. Maybe it's just some kind of weird energy since we're made of electricity that's in, in the atmosphere or the area. And when we see it, we have to put a, a predator on it, face on it or a body because we don't know what it is yeah. and our natural you know, basic parts of our brain that have been in charge of keeping us from getting eaten for millions of years jumps in and puts the scariest thing it can think of to get you moving yeah, or to get you to stay still one or the other. Anything is possible technically. So I'm not going to rule that out. Uh, for me, it's just always been like, there's whether or not, you know, we're on the right page as far as what we believe in or, whatever to me it makes me believe that there is 100% something after i die that takes place like whether you're like on the the like i don't know thought process that it's you know reincarnation and we're just energy and we get born back into a different body and we pick our hosts or whatever and and all this stuff like there's there's so many possibilities out there but it's not just loneliness and and like a void you know like just because of all the stories that i've heard and personally experienced like well, I mean, we're we're going somewhere because we are energy. Yeah. Energy doesn't just disappear; it goes somewhere. Yeah, I don't think it's. I mean, everybody has many stories of the afterlife, or they've made their own stories, mm -hmm. and that's going to be an episode too: is near death experiences and all that weird stuff that you see. And I would probably stay with that. Uh, we make stories. Yeah, whether it's true or not, that's where what we focus on, and we miss a lot of life focusing on the afterlife. True. We make a lot of mistakes because we're so focused on getting into the, the right place in the afterlife. 
Yeah. And maybe we're missing the whole meaning of everything that we're supposed to be doing as humans. It is possible. Well, that is, uh, unfortunately, we have to cut this a little bit short because China and I have to go look at a house. But I will at some point do an episode just on the hat man as well so we can get some of those stories in there. I, I luckily have never seen the hat man. Um, tons of stories, though. Sounds like you have a better shot at seeing them than me. Probably. And <laughs> let's hope uh, that changes. Uh, I'm good. I don't need that to change. So so you're you're still sticking to the definitely no paranormal. This thing doesn't exist. I think there, our brain creates it. Could create it. Okay. All right. We'll 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 get you one of these times. We will. I or, got the, or they'll get me. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed. You know, because that would be the quickest way to get you to believe is if you saw one. Just make sure you wear a shirt that says "I told you so" at my funeral. Oh yeah, I'm holding that for when when China sees something weird. You know. <laughs> Trust me, the second she's like, I think I saw something I can't explain. I'm whipping it out. I'm like, all right, it's time. Told you. Good luck. (laughs) All right, until next time. something.